to the preaching and teaching ministry of Marion Oaks Assembly of God in Ocala, Florida. We invite you to open your Bible as we join Pastor Tim McIntyre for today's message for Bible study. We've been in this Bible study series called Living the Lord's Prayer for about a month and a half now. If you've missed any of the previous ones, you can listen to them online. And the title of our lesson tonight is Your Will Be Done. We're working our way through the Lord's Prayer, kind of one phrase at a time. And um, every week we've talked about this. Why do we call it living the Lord's Prayer rather than praying the Lord's Prayer, and I think it's because we're all familiar with the idea of we're supposed to pray the Lord's Prayer because Jesus gave this in response to the disciples asking, teach us to pray, in Luke's version anyway, and Jesus said, this is how you should pray. In Matthew, it's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching, he says, when you pray, pray like this, not meant just to be something that we repeat, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're focused on it, you mean it, and you're praying it from your heart, you're not just saying it to get it over with without thinking about it but as a pattern for prayer. So we kind of understand the idea of praying it, but what do we mean by living it? And um, the idea being, why should we pray for, or what right do we have to pray for, uh, for something that we're not willing to live out? How hypocritical is that? In this case, particularly, your will be done, it's sort of like praying, Lord, your will be done in the whole world, but not my world. You know, Lord, your will be done in everybody else's life, but not my life. Or, Lord, your will be done in every area of my life except, and then we fill in the blank. You know, if we're praying your will be done, but we're not willing to do God's will, at at most we're being hypocritical, you know, and we're just not being logical. So we're talking about the truths that are in each of these phrases, uh, as demonstrated in Scripture, as demonstrated in Jesus' life and ministry and teaching, And then we're talking about how does this impact how we pray and what we pray about. But we're also talking about how the truths of that phrase should impact our lives, how we live. So we're going to read the whole prayer. So Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, Jesus says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So tonight we are talking about this phrase, your will be done. And that's qualified by on earth as it is in heaven. How do you think God's will is done in heaven? According to his will. The word I was looking for is perfectly. I mean, it's just done, right? I mean, there's never no, never any lapses and never any instances when it's not done. It's done perfectly. Before we jump into these questions, though, let me ask you a question. What do we mean by God's will? How would you define God's will? Now, I'm not talking about listing of things that are God's will, all right? But how would you define God's will? What is God's will? What does that refer to? The plan and purposes of of our lives. So it include, okay, you said the plan. Anybody's plan, our plans and purposes for our lives? The plan according to God's order. So God's plans and purposes for our lives would be included in God's will. What other thoughts do you have about God's will, what that means in general? Chris? Past, present, and future. 
Okay? So that'd be a very important part of fulfilling God's will, living out God's will, is to have a heart um, that what's what he wants. You know, that's an interesting way of kind of, you didn't put it that way, but defining God's will is what God wants, isn't it? Yeah. It's what God desires. It's his purposes and plans. As Sharon said, she narrowed it to our lives, but it goes beyond our lives, right? I mean, God's will is more than just what he wants for us. Joan. His plan is predestined. And what does that mean? Okay, so his plan will not change. Uh huh. Okay, so in other words, he's not going to change his mind about what his will is. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm trying to clarify. Right. Yes. Right. And you said it doesn't change. Right. So he's not going to change his mind about his plan and purpose for you. And that makes sense because if God is perfect, he'd have no reason to have to change his mind, right? For a minute, I thought you were trying to say that whatever God wills is definitely 100% going to happen. Does God's will always 100% always happen? Yes. Well, the Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish. Does that mean nobody's going to perish? I agree. All things work together for God. I'm playing devil's advocate here, so we're thinking about God's will. You guys said God's will will always be accomplished, but yet the Bible says it's God's will that none should perish. Does that mean nobody's going to perish? No. So there are instances in where God's will is not done. But it has nothing to do with any failure on his part. John? Well, let's go on. We're going to jump into our question. We're doing the same four questions for every statement in um, this prayer. So the first question in general is what truths are found in this portion of the Lord's Prayer? In other words, what do we know about God's will? We've already jumped into that with some of our comments. And I'll just say the same thing about this as every other statement we've dealt with. There is so much stuff. Okay, we could do a whole series just on each one of these questions, okay? But what are some things that we generally know about God's will from God's word, besides what we've already said? Any other thoughts that come to mind? John? It's a good thing. And thank God for that. God wants what's best. What else do we know about God's will? It's perfect. Yep, because God is perfect. It is unchangeable. That goes back to some of the things I was saying to Joan you know, that once God make up his mind, he's not going to change it. He's not going to say later on, well, it's okay if some people perish. <laughs> you know, I started out not wanting anybody, but some people rejected me, so I don't care. No, he still doesn't want anybody to perish, even though some will. Chris? God's will is always. God always wants what's good for us. Um, and I like what you said, an expected end. You know, sometimes along the way, if we're, we're trying to do God's will, and we are doing God's will, some things come our way that don't seem good. But that's okay because God has the end result in mind, you know. That's why we like the promises of like Romans 8.28 that says that God can and does work all things for the good. Not all things are good, but God will work all things for the good. God can bring good out of the bad. That's his, and I'm glad that's part of his will for us, that he wants to bring good out of the bad. Yeah. Any other thoughts about just general principles, ideas about God's will? Lori? Yeah, God's will and purpose are the same thing. Okay, or one encompasses the other or whatever. 
All right, let me give you the things that I have down here. And as I said, there is so much more than what I've got here. I just, each week as we study this, try to figure out the most important things in my mind that I think God might want us to wrestle with. But that's why I always give you plenty of time to say, what are you thinking about this? Because you've got some good things to say too. So uh, letter A is actually, I think, a pretty good definition of God's will. God's will is whatever he has decreed in his wisdom, knowledge, holiness, and grace. God's will is whatever he has decreed in his wisdom, knowledge, holiness, and grace. What does it mean to decree something? To put it into place. He made a decision. This is what it's going to be. So God has decided, as we said before, God's God. He's sovereign. Thank God he's perfect, holy, righteous, and he's loving too. But God's will is whatever he wants. But his will is based on wisdom, knowledge, holiness, and grace. You know, if grace was left off, we'd be in trouble. If it was just wisdom, knowledge, and holiness, we would all be lost. Yes. Okay, because in holiness, we don't any of us deserve God's love. But God's grace is also a part of his will. So God's will can apply to us personally. Sharon was talking about, you know, God's purpose and plan for us. That's a personal thing, and that's true for each person. There are certain things that's God's will for everybody. I mean, as far as God's concerned, you'd like everybody to be saved, right? And there are things that are in Scripture that are very, very clear that says it's God's will for this, God's will for that, you know, that are true for everybody. But then as we each have our own life, our own walk with God, and God has different plans for us. If there are certain things that might be God's will for me that are not God's will for you because he's got a different plan for you. Those aren't ethical things, moral things, but just how we're going to live our lives. But God's will goes far beyond just individual people. It has to do with the whole world. So on your note sheet, letter B, I have this. God's will applies both to men's, and that's a generic thing, men and women, men's obedience to him, and also to the working out of his purposes in the world. God's will applies both to men's obedience to him and also to the working out of his purposes in the world. So, you know, each of us, we'll talk about this more a little bit later, have a responsibility to come to God and say, God, what's your will for my life? And to try to pursue that and everything. But God's got certain purposes for the whole world. You know, for different things that are going to happen on the world stage with nations and uh, we, people that get into this end time events. God's got his will. He's got his plan and his purpose that goes far beyond the individual level. All right. And God's going to bring those things about. Letter C is something that many of you mentioned. I'm so glad this is true. God's will is what is best for us and for our world. God wants what is best. The most clearest picture of this, and a couple of you quoted this, or quoted from this, is Romans 12, 2. Um, it's instructions to us, but it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we've got a great description, maybe not a definition, but a description of God's will here. It says that God's will is good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. It's good and acceptable and perfect to who? To God? Yeah, well, definitely. But I think it's good, acceptable, and perfect to us, too. If we could fully understand God's will for us and how it's all going to work out, we'd say, that's good. 
I fully believe we'll get to heaven, look back on our life and see where we followed God's plan, even if it led us into difficult situations and all that kind of stuff. We'll look back and say, it was good. At the moment, I didn't like it. And all the stuff that happened may not have been good, but this is part of God's will. And he brought me out of, brought me through it. And the end result was good, acceptable, and perfect. I have down there Romans 8.32. This says that God, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? That doesn't mean that God's going to give you whatever you ask for him, whatever you ask for. What that means is if God sent Jesus to die on a cross to save us from our sins, and Jesus was willing to come and do that, don't you think he's going to work for your best interest? Don't you think he's going to work out what is best for you, what is good for you? Sure he is. All right, don't put the next one up yet, Chris. What do you think goes in there? God's will is not perfectly done on earth because of mankind's what? Disobedience. What else could fit there? Rebellion. Rebellion. Lots of words work. What else? Free will. will. Okay, Chris. That's what you're going to say? What would you say? Pride. None of you hit the one I've got in there. All these work. All of them are true. Nobody said sin. That's not mine either. Evil. The one I put is God's will is, I'm sorry, God's will is not perfectly done on earth because of mankind's willfulness. All the answers you gave are right. Pride, sin, sinfulness, rebellion. But it all comes down to willfulness. We're talking about God's will. What is it that messed up God's will being fully, fully fulfilled in this world? Is our willfulness. Way back in the Garden of Eden, God says, hey, I've given you this place. You can do whatever you want except don't eat from this tree. All right? And what was it that the, the enemy tempted Eve with and she gave into? And Adam willfully walked right into it? I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, it'd be like God. Willfulness. I'm going to do what I want. And that is the root of all sin. Pride's involved in it too, but it's basically telling God, not you, but me. Basically what Eve said. God said this, well, God, not you, but me. Adam looked at the situation. Eve said, hey, have some. And he says, well, God said not to do it. Well, God, not you, but me. And isn't that kind of at the root of all sin? We say, God, not you, but me. So it's our willfulness that hinders God's will from being done on the earth. Letter E is a good thing for us to be aware of. Doing God's will is a sign that we have a relationship with God. That's not how we get a relationship with God. We get a relationship with God just from coming to him, repenting of our sins, and asking Jesus to be our Savior because he paid the price for our sins. It's all by grace, through faith, because of God's mercy. But I think I mentioned this uh, a bit on Sunday. If not, it was the previous Sunday. I think it was Sunday. And that is that if we've truly done it, it's going to change our life. We're going to live for God. It was this last Sunday. Because I read this verse, Matthew 7, 21. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So this idea of the will of God is very, very important. Not because it's doing the will of God that will get us into heaven or make us saved, but if we truly are saved, then that's one of the things that's going to change about us. We're going to say, okay, God, I want to do your will. I want to please you. Okay, We're not going to read the scriptures, but we've talked about this before. The Bible makes it very, very clear that those who truly love God obey him. You can read these later, but I have them on your note sheet there. John 14, 15, uh, John 14, verses 21 to 24, 1 John 5, 1 to 4, 
Those are the first one in John. So Jesus talking. First John is John talking, but basically it's just saying that if you really love God, you'll live for him. You'll obey him. In fact, John goes so far in his letter, he says, if you're not living for God and you say you love him, I don't think you know what you're talking about. That's a paraphrase. Okay? Because your life will change. Your life will change. Let's jump to the second question. How are these truths evident in Jesus' teachings, uh, teaching and actions? In other words, this idea of God's will, doing God's will, praying for God's will. What do we know from Jesus? I mean, besides the obvious, Jesus is doing this teaching. He says, pray, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he obviously taught them to pray that. What do we see evidenced in Jesus' life or ministry or teachings that talk about God's will? Carlson. Okay. Jesus, God himself, come to earth in the flesh. Didn't say, I came down to accomplish this or that or the other in my own whatever. He says, I have come to do God's will. In fact, that's letter A, so I'll go ahead and give it to you. Jesus came specifically to do God's will. But he said over and over and over again, he says, I didn't come to do what I want to do. I came to do what God wants me to do. I didn't come to say what God wanted me to say, what I wanted to say. I came to say what God wanted me to say. I gave you two verses. There's more than that on your sheet there. John 6, 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 4, 34, he was hungry. He sent the disciples to get some food. They came back with the food. He says, I'm not going to eat right now. They said, somebody else give you some food? They had, and this is the issue of the, of the situation with the woman at the well. In John 4, 34, he says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. He says, Even more important than eating when I'm hungry is doing what God wants me to do. Okay, so that's the very purpose for which Jesus came. What else do we see in Jesus' life or ministry or teachings that uh, has to do with the will of God? Chris? The Garden of Gethsemane, that's the second one there. Um, Jesus surrendered to God's will even when it cost him his life. Jesus surrendered to God's will even when it cost him his life. Probably familiar to most of you, maybe all of you, the story about the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is praying right before he's arrested and he's going to be crucified. And um, he knew it was coming. He had already told his disciples four or five times in the year leading up to it that he was going to go to Jerusalem, he was going to be betrayed, he was going to be put to death, all because of the religious leaders and the Romans. Even, I think, stated one of the times he was going to be crucified. He also said he was going to be raised from the dead. He knew ahead of time it was going to happen. And in his humanity, when it came time for that to happen, he wrestled with it. So I don't want this to happen. I'm sure that never happens to you. You're like... You're 100% all for God's will. You never wrestle with whether you want to do God's will or not, right? You know, so Jesus is a great example for us. There are times we know certain things about God's will. It's like, I really don't want to do that. And Jesus was there. And uh, in Matthew 26, verse 39, he's praying. He says, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Prayed it again. Verse 42, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. In his flesh, in his humanity, Jesus did not want this to happen just like we wouldn't want it to happen. But he surrendered to God's will even when it cost him his life. And we see that example followed by other believers in Jesus Christ. 
you know, the early believers, and to be honest with you, a lot of believers even now and down through history in other parts of the world, they suffer for their faith. It's like, I'm going to serve God, I'm going to do what he wants me to do, even though it's going to cost me, even, if it's, even though it means I'm going to suffer. Tim Keller um, is a well-known pastor and author, and he wrote a book on prayer and has one chapter on the Lord's Prayer. And He said this about this. He says, Jesus is not asking us to do anything for him that he hasn't already done for us under conditions of difficulty way beyond our comprehension. Whereas when Jesus asks us to follow him and to do God's will, he set the example and did it much more, did it much more, uh, fulfilled it in a, in a much more difficult way than probably we will ever be asked to do so. Those are the only two things I put down from Jesus' teaching, life, ministry, and actions. There's probably other things about God's will in that, but I didn't want to take too much time on this. Um, and take away from the application of it. So the, 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 the last two questions have to do with how we apply this to our lives. The third question then is, how should these truths impact the way I pray and what I pray for? Okay, so Jesus taught, pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we apply that to our prayers? How does that truth, how does that teaching of Jesus impact the way we pray or what we pray for. There's lots of different ways. Just let's come up with some ideas and some examples. And you don't have to look at the sheet and try to fill in my blanks. We'll do that in a minute. If we're supposed to pray for God's will, how does it impact the way I pray? Okay, explain that. Okay, so going back to Jesus' example, he lived life doing God's will even when it was difficult. He did so in joy. He did so in hope knowing that God had his best interests in mind, even though he'd have to go through. And we can learn from that, that if we have to go through difficult times in fulfilling God's will, we can do so with joy and with hope. Yes, same mindset. Joan. Okay, in our prayers, we can surrender our will to his will. All right? How else can it affect our prayers? Lori. Yeah, so we pray for ourselves, And we'll talk more about the details of how we do it, but we can pray for other people too. You know, and, and I can relate to that. I pray for my daughters and my three granddaughters all the time. Lord, work your will out in their life. I know they've got a choice in that, you know, I mean, because we all have a choice in doing our will or God's will. But I pray all the time for God's will for both of my daughters, one who's serving God, one who's not. Pray for all three of my granddaughters, that they'll grow up to love and serve God and pursue his will, and that God would work his will in and through it. So we can pray that for other people. All right, how else does this truth impact our prayers? Anybody? All righty, well, I'll give you what I wrote down. Again, there's still a whole lot more than what I have down here, but letter A, I have pray that you would desire God's will more than your own. I think we all can relate to that. Have you ever, <laughs> it's like, I already know some of God's will. I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, sometimes the first step to praying isn't, Lord, may your will be done, but Lord, help me to like your will. <laughs> All right? Help me to like your will. I love what David's, I think David is the one that wrote Psalm 40. He wrote two-thirds of the Psalms. And it's like, God, this is the attitude I want to have. Psalm 40, verse 8. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. 
Your law is within my heart. Now, there's a key right there. When we have God's word in our lives, that will help us not only to know God's will, but change us and mold us and shape us and help us to delight in his will. But I pray that. I'm not, I'm not perfect yet, you know, but say, God, I want, to be, I want to delight in doing your will, no matter what it means, whatever it is. So pray that you would desire God's will more than your own. Because to be honest with you, when we don't do God's will, it's because we desire our own more. It's like, well, I know God says I shouldn't do that, but I really want to. Or God says I should do this, but I really don't want to. You know, it's too difficult. It goes against my flesh. It, you know, uh, so pray that you would desire God's will more than your own. Letter B is very important, too. Pray that God would reveal his will to you. How can you do God's will if you don't know what it is, right? So pray that God would reveal his will toward you. Psalm 143 verse 10 says, teach me to do your will for you're my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Now we could do a whole Bible study series on this one question, but let's talk about it for just a few minutes. How does God reveal his will to us? Through his word. That's the primary way is through his word. Now that doesn't mean that he's going to reveal the name of your next job in the Bible. Unless it happens to be named after something in the Bible. <laughs> and chances are he's not going to lead you that way. But, you know, back when we were all young and single and saying, God, who's, you know, who am I supposed to marry? You're probably not going to find their name in the Bible unless they're named after a biblical character. But that's probably not the way God's going to, you know, lead you to it. I remember going to Bible college and, and, um, and uh, one of the days we were moving into the dorms and stuff. And in the girls' dorm, there was a big sign in a window and it said god i'm looking for your will in my life so will if you're out there call me (laughs) anyway but most of what god's will is for our life it's revealed in his word either directly or he gives us principles to guide us into his will so that's another reason why spending time in god's word is so important for relationship but also direction and wisdom i saw a hand back here yes Yeah, that's a good question. I've got that down a little bit further down, so I'm going to skip that answer. <laughs> We're going to get to that. Yeah, that's very good. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That has to do with God's will. We're going to get to that a little bit later on in my note sheet, but that's, that's great, Melva. Okay, so if God reveals his will to us primarily through his word, there are some other things he can use, isn't there? What else does he use? Okay, so... Go ahead. So pray that God would give you some other means of direction. When you said you put a fleece out there, it makes us think of the story of Gideon. And I just want to mention this real quickly. God used that, but can I tell you that I don't believe that God put it in the Bible as an example that we're supposed to do in the way Gideon did. Because basically God told Gideon exactly what to do. And Gideon says, okay, God, you told me to do this. But if you really, 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 really mean it, then do this. And God in his grace... Because of Gideon's unbelief and fear and all that kind of stuff, went ahead and did it. And then Gideon says, well, God, you told me. And I said, do this and you did it. But if you really, 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 I'm paraphrasing here, then do it just the opposite, okay? The, the whole fleece thing in Gideon's situation is actually a sign of unbelief and a lack of faith. God can do that, but that shouldn't be the standard practice for Christians. But there's nothing wrong with saying, God, I want to know your will. I know the principles from your word, but it's not spelled out real clearly, so show me in some other situation 
And you have this openness, and it can come through a message, it can come through a conversation, it can come through a sermon, it can come through even circumstances. But the important thing to realize is no matter what other source there is where God might reveal his will, he will never contradict his word. Okay? He's not ever going to speak to you from, through anybody or anything to say, well, go out and be unfaithful to your spouse. Or go out and lie to get ahead. Or, you know, because he's not going to contradict his word. But he can use other things. And there's nothing wrong with saying, God, I just need some additional guidance here. So show me somehow. Yeah, Dudley. The Ten Commandments provide a very, very good solid foundation of the basic principles of what God requires of us. Yeah, that's part of um, the instructions he's given us in his word to help guide us and lead us. Another way that God can reveal his will through us is through godly counsel. Okay? Um, if you're really struggling, talk to someone who's mature. You know, you can always feel free to come talk to me or Pastor Jan or, or one of our elders. Or, and it doesn't have to be someone in, quote, leadership position. Someone you know knows Jesus, loves Jesus, and say, hey, I'm wrestling with this thing. Uh, what do you think? And if nothing else, pray with me, you know. But godly counsel. All right. All right. Well, that's a whole topic in and of itself. Well, on your note sheet here, under how these truths impact the way I pray and what I pray for, uh, letter C Pray that God's purposes will be accomplished in your life. That's the basic, right? Lord, whatever your will is, may it happen in my life. Letter D is similar. Pray that God's purposes will be accomplished through your life. See, there's some things that need to happen in you, but there's some aspects of God's will that he wants to happen as a result of what he's doing in and through you. And that has more to do with maybe your interaction with other people, your involvement in ministry, your involvement in relationships. So you're not just saying, God, whatever you have for me, just make sure it happens. Show me what it is so I can do my part. But Lord, bring about your will in my life. But Lord, if I'm praying your will be done on the earth like it is in heaven, then Lord, may your will be accomplished through me. Whatever I can do, whatever part I have to play, then may your will be done through my life. Okay? Can you think of any examples of what, how that might would be? How, how might God's will be accomplished through you? I mean, in you is easy to see. It's like, well, God wants this. It needs to happen, so I'm praying. I'm doing my part. But how can God's will be done through you? Lisa? Yeah. Anytime God uses you to minister to somebody else, uh, in that case, an unbeliever, but even true with other believers, you know, we can be God's hands extended to other people. If it's God's will, and your example, the testimony you gave, it's God's will that this lady's lady children be in school and they didn't have transportation, and you volunteered to provide that transportation. You're helping accomplish God's will for that student to be in school, you know. But it's because your willingness. Yeah, Chris, you had your hand up next, I think. Okay, so by being willing to speak into someone's life, the gospel in particular, but even other things, you know. Being used by God. Janet. Yeah, Jesus talked about doing things for people that are in need, that we're actually doing it for him, and we're doing it for him, too. Not just for him, but for him, because he wants to do it for them. Anytime we can accomplish something that lines up with God's purposes in our world, we're helping to see God's will being accomplished. All right, so pray that God's purposes will be accomplished through your life. Letter E is something i got to pray. I'm sure you never have to. 
But pray for strength to do his will, especially when you don't want to. We talked about along the way, sometimes we know what God's will is. It's like, God, I really don't want to do that. I mean, I'm really upset with that person. I don't want to talk to him. I'd rather ignore them. It's not God's will. God, give me the strength to humble myself, to be friendly to them, to try to restore, develop, whatever that relationship. Okay? Well, God, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. God, give me the strength to do what I know you want me to do. Okay? All right. Letter F goes back to what Lori said earlier. Pray all these same requests for other people. Okay? All the things we've already talked about. That God would desire, that they would desire God's will, that God would reveal his will to them, that God's purpose would be accomplished in them and through them. They'd have the strength to do, you know, my, my, my oldest daughter is a single mother and, and, and struggling with a number of things. And I pray all the time, Lord, give her wisdom, you know, give her wisdom, help it be very clear to her, uh, give her the strength to do what she's got to do. Because sometimes life gets a little rough, for, like for all of us, you know. God, work your will in and through her life. So we can pray that for family members, for friends, for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Anybody God lays on our heart. And then letter G, it gets it beyond the specific individual. As you're led, pray for God's will to be accomplished in specific situations and places. This is where we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and, and that is definitely true, but we don't even have to be real sensitive to the Holy Spirit for this to happen. And what do I mean by that? I don't know if as you hear the news, read the news or whatever, if it prompts you to pray, God, work in that situation. May your will be done. Our prayers tonight for Syria and for Turkey because of the earthquake there, it was a fulfillment of this. God, may your will be done in and through this, that people would be helped, that people that are hurt would get help. Um, that people would come to see Jesus through this. That's all part of God's will. And it's praying God's will for certain circumstances. I want to really encourage you. I do this. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm on Facebook. I don't ever post anything on Facebook. I don't get on Facebook all that much. But every once in a while, I'll pop on just see what's going on. But I make it a prayer time. You know, I see something. Something's to rejoice about. I rejoice, but I see it. I pray. I pray God's will to be done. Same thing for the news. You watch the news, you listen to the news, you read the news, you look it up on the internet, whatever it is. I encourage you to not only do it just to kind of be in the know, but to be praying. I'll tell you what, you look at the news, there's lots to pray for. Lots to pray for. Okay, I mean, just this last week, all the shootings, all the, all the terrible things that have happened. Okay, so pray as you're led. The reason I say as you're led, if you say, well, I'm just going to pray for everything for God's will to be done, you'd just be praying 24-7, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but we, we are supposed to live a life. You know, I mean, you could decide, well, I'm going to pray for every country in the world that God's will be done. That would take you a long time. But, you know, you could do that by praying one or two countries a day. In fact, there are some ministries that are dedicated to that. There are places where you can get free maps of the world that you can put on your wall so you can pray for the different countries of the world. If that interests you, let me know, and I can get you hooked up with that. Yes. Yeah, praying without ceasing. That's kind of, you just go through life and you're just talking to God, you know? You know, so be careful how you do that so people don't think you're going crazy, but anyway. Okay, let's jump into the last question so we can wrap it up. we got five minutes left here. So that's some ways that we can have it impact our prayers. But this whole phrase, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, how should these truths impact the way I live 
as I seek to follow Jesus. Not just pray, God, your will be done here. God, your will be done there. God, help me to want your will. How should it impact the way we live? The fact that we pray, God, may your will be done. Any thoughts? What? Okay, letting our light shine. We know that that's part of God's will, so we do it. We do it. Chris? Let your light shine instead of being a wrecking ball. Okay, so you got the positive side and you got the negative side, right? Yes, Laurie. Okay, aligning your, this is Laurie's words, aligning yourself with God's word. In other words, doing what God says. In other words, you're going to pray for God's will. That's kind of the basis of how we started off. You're going to pray for God's will to be done, then do it. When you know what God's will is, do it. Don't just pray. Don't just pray. Okay? David Timms is an author, and he wrote a book called Living the Lord's Prayer, which isn't where I got this Bible study from. But he says, our occasional prayer is your will be done, but our common desire is my will be done. We have to fight our desires, right? Okay? Um, So let me give you what I have here, because we do need to wrap this up. Uh, How should we these truths, the truths about... Praying God's, for God's will impact the way I live. Letter A, seek God's will for your life. As we said, you can't really do God's will till you know God's will. And there are some things that are obvious. I mean, there are things that the Bible says are God's will. Uh, in fact, there are, here's something you can look up at home this week, because I'm not going to tell you what they are. There are five specific things that the Bible says, this is God's will. And it mentions something. I'll mention one of them. Paul says, I think it's in Thessalonians, the Thessalonians, he says, it is God's will that you live in sexual purity. Purity. That's a big thing our world could use. That's a big thing all of us can use, right? But there are so many things that we need to ask God. We need to find out from God what his will is, especially in the particulars of our lives. So seek God's will for your life. Ephesians 5.17 says, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He says, basically, if you're not seeking God's will, you're, you're going to find yourself doing foolish things. Okay? Uh, but we have the promise from God. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. That isn't like, I'm going to watch you if you don't get it right. I'm going to whack you back onto the right path. Although some of us need that sometimes. But like, I'm going to keep my eye on you to make sure you don't stray too far. Okay? Yeah. He says, if you listen, I'll, I'll instruct you. And then one that probably most of you have memorized, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight or he will direct your path. If you trust in God and do what he says, even if your flesh says something different, he's going to guide you in the right path. And sometimes we want God to reveal what's down the road. He's already told us what the next couple things are, but it's like we don't want to move until we see what's beyond that. Sometimes we've got to get moving first. I love the way one person says, it's hard to steer a parked car. So you get that thing rolling, you can steer it in the same way as you begin to follow the path of what you already know. God will steer you into the next steps, okay? All right. Then letter B is the obvious. Do God's will in every area of life. If we're going to pray, God, may your will be done then we've got to be willing to do it. This isn't always easy and convenient. And I, we all have to, 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 to wrestle with the thing of, well, I don't have any problems doing God's will in this area of my life, but I really don't want his advice in this area of life. And that can be totally different for different people. It should be our goal, Lord, in every area of my life, I want your will. I want your will in my relationships. I want your will in how I 
conduct myself at work or how I relate to my brother-in-law or my mother-in-law or whatever that relationship might be, you know. I want your will in my finances. I want your will in my marriage. I want your will in my sexuality. I want your will, Lord. I'm going to do that. Does this mean that we never get to do what we want? No. And that's what brings up the scripture that Melvin brought up earlier, Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean that if you put God first, he'll give you whatever you want. Except for the fact if you truly put God's first, then you're going to want what's right. And he will give you what you want. It's just your wants are going to change. Okay? And can I tell you that if we pursue God's will, if, if, if what we said tonight is true, if God really wants his best for us, if we pursue God's will, we'll get to do a lot of stuff that we want, and we're going to not do some stuff that we thought we wanted, but we're going to be better off for, for it that we hadn't done it. What'd you say? And much more peace. On your note sheet, I have an extra phrase under this one, and then we're going to have to wrap this up quick. Anywhere in the will of God is better than anywhere else outside of it. Okay? Some people word it as being in the center of God's will is a whole lot better than anywhere else you can be. All right? Anywhere in the will of God is better than anywhere else outside of it. Let me give you the last ones really quick because it's time to go. Letter C. Make every plan based on and surrender to God's will. Don't just say, I'm going to do this, that, the other. Be led by God's spirit, by the principles of his word. James talks about this in James 4, 13 to 16. He says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town, spend a year there, trade, make it a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little time then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. This is where that saying, the Lord willing, you know. Well, I'll be there, the Lord willing. I plan to do this, the Lord willing. The idea is that, yeah, I make plans. I'm trying to live for God, you know, and I ask for God's help in planning. I'm not just going to arrogantly go and do whatever I want to do, but I want what God wants. Okay, uh, two more. Letter D. Submit to God's will, not as an act of resignation, but as a decision to release control. What I mean by that is our attitude is so important. It's not like, God, I'll do your will. I really don't want to, but if I have to, to make you happy, then I'll just do it. Now, it's better to do it that way than not do it at all. It's like God says about giving. God likes cheerful givers, okay? He likes cheerful will doers. I think the greatest example is Mary, the mother of Jesus. The angel shows up and says, you're going to bear God's son, basically. And she goes, how's that going to happen? I'm a virgin. He says, God's going to make it work out. And how did Mary respond? Luke 138. And Mary said, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I don't think this is like, okay, God, I'm going to serve you. Whatever you want, I guess I'll have to happen. I think it's, Lord, I love you. I'm serving you. Whatever you want, I'm all in. That should be the attitude. And then E, work diligently to see God's will done in the world. Or do God's will in your life. But be God's instrument to see his will done in the world. Life Application Commentary says, We must not make this prayer, uh, we must not make this prayer as an abstract wish. Without personal commitment, the prayer would mean, Let somebody else do your will or just get it done miraculously. I've got other business today. When you make this prayer, you're saying, I'll do it, Lord. Lead me, guide me, and give me the shovel or whatever I need to get it done. Let me just close with one more quote and then we're going to pray. Ken Hemphill says, if you can be brave enough to look into the future 
and compare what your life will be like when you A, let God have control of your time and activities, or B, waste it on your own self-interests, you'll see that God's ways lead to a life of blessing, joy, and no regrets. God really does want what's best for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we've had together in your word to take a look at another phrase in this prayer Jesus taught us to pray. And God, I just pray that you'd help us each know how that best applies to us. God, give us a heart to want what you want, knowing that you want what's best for us. And even when it's difficult, Lord God, give us the strength we need to do what we know is your will. And Lord, for those who may be struggling to know what your will is in a specific situation, guide them and lead them, Lord God. I believe you will because you're not going to hide your will from us. Just help us to be willing to recognize it and to follow through on it when we know. Father, use us in your world to see your will accomplished. And God, we give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to today's message or Bible study. For more information, please contact us at area code 352-347-3001 or visit us online. If you are interested in supporting this ministry, go to our website and click on the online giving tab. Our website address is www.marionoaksag.org.